Each year, bird enthusiasts across North America eagerly await the winter finch forecast. Published every fall since 1999, the winter finch forecast predicts when and where, and even if, fan-favorite finches like evening grosbeaks and common redpolls will grace our backyard bird feeders or make an appearance on a brisk midwinter hike. It's a big deal for birders. A really big deal. So much so that enthusiastic birders like me have been known to base winter birding plans on this forecast, even driving hundreds of miles to spots deemed favorable for seeing white-winged crossbills or pine grosbeaks. You guys are nuts. Or maybe seeds? <laughs> what can I say? I'm a finch fanatic, and clearly, I'm not alone. For New Hampshire Audubon, I'm Chris Martin. And I'm Dave Anderson from the Forest Society. Today on Something Wild... One of the birding community's most beloved online resources. The Winter Finch Forecast. Oh, we have to try to build a model. It's more of an art than a science. That's Tyler Hoare, a freelance biologist and ecologist from Oshawa, Ontario. He's recently taken the reins in predicting finch winter migration patterns from the legendary Ron Pitaway who started this citizen science project some 20 years ago. Ron set up this network getting various birders, naturalists, foresters, biologists, and that across Canada and the northern United States to send them information in the late summer of what the cone crop looked like. Wait, pine cones? I thought we were talking about birds. We are. But to understand eruptive species like pine siskins and purple finches, we must first consider their primary winter foods. Which in the northeast is largely the seeds found in red spruce cones and white pine and balsam fir cones, too. So if you can get a good idea in the late summer and fall where these trees are having a bumper crop, and just as importantly, where cones are not abundant, then Tyler and his crew can make better predictions about where winter finches will show up in January and February. Exactly. And crossbills in particular are a great example of these nomadic winter wanderers. That's because boreal finches often stay well north of New Hampshire whenever cone crops are abundant in the Canadian forests. Makes sense, eh? I mean, if there's food available, why would you leave? Right. But when cone crops in the Great White North are scarce, both red and white-winged crossbill flocks take off, going hundreds even thousands of miles to areas far beyond their usual haunts. Here's winter finch forecaster Tyler Hoare again. And apparently there's a good cone crop through Nova Scotia and Maine right on the coast. And you see the maps, all the white-winged crossbills that were in the east were drifting down there, hitting the cone crop there. Both crossbill species have adapted beautifully in their ability to follow cone crops wherever they're abundant. And if you're lucky enough to see these little beauties up close, you'll notice their oversized heads with powerful beaks that look like the business end of a pair of vice-grip pliers. Kind of like an off-kilter overbite. <laughs> That's true. They have strong jaw muscles with upper and lower mandibles that overlap letting them pry open tight cone scales and devour the nutritious seeds inside. You know, it's humbling to be reminded just how connected these birds are to our northern forests and how changes in cone production from one year to the next can dramatically impact where they end up each winter. It also explains why some years we're loaded with crossbills and red poles in New Hampshire. And other years, not so much. Yeah, well, I'd like to know how finches even know what direction to go in when there's a lack of food. You and me both. Maybe Tyler knows. That is the mystery. It's one of the, the uh, senses they have that we don't have, that they can pick off a smell of cones miles away. <laughs> oh, that smells like lots of crop there. Let's fly that way. Smell? Nah. 
I bet they just eagerly await the winter finch forecast like the rest of us. For Something Wild, I'm Dave Anderson. And I'm Chris Martin. A big thanks to our buddy from north of the border, Tyler Hoare, who's got big shoes to fill now that Ron Pittaway is retired. Something Wild is a joint production of New Hampshire Audubon, the Society for the Protection of New Hampshire Forests, and NHPR. Our producer is Emily Quirk. 